Planning a trip to one of the great national parks? L.L. Bean went to the experts at the National Park Foundation to get the inside scoop on which parks are the best to visit in each season. Whether you're looking for outstanding scenery, smaller crowds, or unique activities, L.L. Bean, be an outsider. To check out the full list of recommendations, visit llbean.com explore. Welcome to The Final Four is Not on the Schedule. I'm your host, Eric, alongside with expert analyst Rod. Thanks for joining us on the best MSU basketball podcast featuring an in-depth recruiting, game matchup, and post-game analysis. We dive deep to give you the best tools to enjoy the Spartans and impress your friends and family. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod. We're here to talk about Michigan State's Senior Day victory over Ohio State, 84-78 at the Breslin Center on Saturday afternoon. Uh, before we begin, I just want to thank all of you who supported the show, uh, either financially or with kind words that you've sent on reviews on your podcast player. Continue to leave those written reviews, five-star reviews. We appreciate that. If you want to support the show financially, you can go to thefinalforceontheschedule.com slash support. There you can do one-time gifts via PayPal or Venmo or a monthly contribution through Patreon and had one of the our supporters reach out to us and said, you know, really appreciates it. He said, worth every penny. We really appreciate you, Chad. Uh, thanks so much for those uh, kind words. And I also want to thank all of you who've been supporting me and following me in my free throw challenge. And so I can say that the Final Four is on my schedule. <laughs> so I managed to win the, uh, the free throw challenge. Uh, it was actually, I don't know if, did you see it? Was it shown on TV at all, Rod? I didn't see it. Okay. Um, what, was the, uh, what was the score? So it was actually nine to eight. So uh, wow. we tied after the first round, uh, five to five. And so then they put, I think oh. just like t- t- 10 or 20 seconds. I've got to watch it. I mean, I just got back from Brosnan Center. I've had a, a long, strange day. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But uh, so then I went to overtime and then had to shoot the second round. I think I hit my first three and then I hit another one and ended up winning. Uh, and I, cause I think they only put like 10, 15 seconds. My mistake was, is when I first set up the, the intern who was next to me insisted on having the rack like a ways away from me. So when I tried to reach, I'd have to go like two steps to grab the ball and then shoot. And she was going to like feed me the balls, but it just didn't, it didn't quite work. So anyway, I won. <laughs> and so all I've been practicing a lot. Like it's been my excuse to go to the gym. I feel kind of empty now. Like, you know, <laughs> I've been going to the gym <laughs> to practice and I'm kind of like, Oh, it's sort of like done. I suppose it's like retirement. Right. <laughs> so Right. Well, look, but I mean, the positive end of that is you're going out on top. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was great. It was, uh, I still can't quite believe I'm going to make it. And the funny thing is we're in the arena and they're announcing, I think they announced today that the final four in 2027 is going to be in Detroit. And I can only imagine like if I'd won then, I'm like, well, I guess you just take a car ride and <laughs> don't really need the yeah. hotel or anything. Uh, so anyway, fun day. My son, I think was more nervous than I was. He'll go to the final four with me. And so the show's going to be taking a road trip, and we can only hope that Michigan State is going to follow me to the Final Four. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Well, congratulations. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and on a day where everything everything kind of broke right. It did. Yeah, it was. it's funny because, you know, because I was pulled out of the stands early to shoot, and I go down below, and then just kind of the nature of the day, which is weird. I sort of like, I kind of, I'll have to admit, I don't remember. I remember most of the game, but there are parts that I miss and parts of feel for the game. I sort of, 
at least the game kept me occupied enough that I didn't get really nervous in the first half. Uh, yeah. thinking about the shooting, uh, you know, and then after the game, uh, thanks for my good friend, uh, Roger Jansen, who kind of set up initial things with Garland. I got to go down and go down on the floor after senior day, after all the senior day festivities, I met with Madi Sissoko, uh, and I can see it was actually pretty funny. Uh, so he saw me and I introduced myself. He said, Oh, I thought you were a lot taller. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> no, but no, it turns out you make everyone look short. Uh, but you know, right. especially me, I can confirm also though, that I am taller than Steven Izzo because my son was kind of questioning that. Uh, so okay. I walked by Steven, I'm like, okay, he is, he is a shorter than me for sure. Uh, but really good news about the Madi Sissoko and foundation. They've actually laid the foundation for the school already last week. And so they've started construction. So they've, the school. So they've cleared, so they've cleared 50,000 that. Well, I think they needed 25 to get things going. And so that okay. was, that's my impression. So, I mean, thanks to all of you who contributed. I know you've sent me messages. That's fantastic. And, I mean, you guys are awesome. I mean, with all the other stuff going on to not forget about these sorts of things too. I mean, it's pretty cool. That's what I was going to say. And look, it's one of those things. It's obviously, you know, there, there are a lot of things competing for the attention and the resources for those who have it to give among the, the Michigan state community, you know, but that was, that was something that I've actually thought about more than once um, over the time since the horrible events on campus was, you know, geez, it, it, uh, just one more thing to add to all of the awful repercussions of that evening um, would be that God, I, I hope Marty's foundation doesn't get forgotten about. Yeah. You know? Um, and so that's great news to hear that they've already started with the project. That's fantastic. Yeah. No, I, it sounds like they'll be able to complete it. I think there are other things he wants to do. It's almost, you know, in some ways unlimited is sort of the things he wants to do to help right. out his, uh, home country and village and city and stuff. So anyway, they've started on that school so that I think it's going to happen. And so I think that school is going to get built and thanks so much to all you guys and matching the gifts and everything like that is really tremendous. Uh, other notable things, I got my last ice cream sandwich of the season, so that was kind of nice. I thought that was my reward for winning the challenge. It's also the, my last time with the heckler, the kind of the miserable heckler behind me. I uh, can't can't tell you how wonderful that's going to be to get a seat reassignment. The chance of him being behind me, I think, is pretty small. And so, uh, yeah, the, actually. Um, <laughs> you never know. Uh, you know, let me live in the hand. Of, the <laughs> hand of fate is fickle. <laughs> There could be another heckler out there, but again, that's right. It's not it could be worse. It's it's not the heckler that bothers me as much as the guy who just seems just kind of miserable. It just like doesn't seem to enjoy being there in yeah. the experience, and so that's the part that that is will be nice. So, uh, and it was also really nice. We got to go afterwards, and we got down into the locker room. I met, um, and we met Millie Call. We met uh, Jackson Kohler. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think who else. Carson Cooper briefly. And uh, I talked to Mike Garland for a while. And actually, I asked him. Oh, I, good. I asked him, uh, is it is it more nervous? Well, you're more nervous, you know, sitting in the stands where you kind of like no control over things versus sitting on the bench. And he looked at me and said, right. oh, it's way worse than the bench. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a rarity. See, that's I like that. That's not the cliche answer. The cliched answer is always, um, you know, oh, it's so much worse when you're away from it. And you don't. You don't have any control, but may, maybe the difference is that in neither circumstance is he actually on the floor. Right. You can't control so, things, really. You're just like right. trying to direct. I guess that could be. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was actually funny. That we had a little conversation with Billy Call, and he was he's going into he wants to go, go into coaching, uh, and he was commenting that he doesn't want to coach uh, college because he's like those guys are you know they'll fight you. <laughs> the teenagers you can kind of push around a little bit more you know they'll do what you tell them to in high school so <laughs> i thought it was pretty good uh and then i i was the one thing i did not expect in the sort of the two went to the weight room and kind of went through the locker room and stuff I, it kind of looked like what you'd expect except one of the things in the locker room they actually have a barbershop which i was totally unexpected yeah i think i knew that yeah, yeah. so probably if you've seen a little thing background you know um, back backstage uh, tour probably on tv or something like that so anyway Great day. I mean, obviously Michigan State wins, which is the most important thing. Then I get to the Final Four and then all the other things. And so it's been a great day, but it's been busy. And so that's why this show is going out a little bit late because I just had a lot of stuff going on. So anyway, so let's talk about the game since, you know, that was the, that was why all the stuff centered around. Michigan State defeats Ohio State 84-78 in a game that they controlled early and then just kind of maintained about a 7-10 to 10 point lead most of the game. Ohio State got down to 3, I think, late in the game. And then yep. Michigan State pushed out to five and just kind of stayed basically up two possessions or three possessions with some clutch free throws at the end by AJ and everyone. And I mean, it's just an overall good performance. I mean, it wasn't great in this, in a defensive sense because they, they definitely gave up some stuff yeah. defensively. Uh, but we'll you know, talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But I thought, you know, for a day when emotions are kind of a little bit funny and I thought Walker was definitely affected by that more than the other players initially. He's, he's definitely settled in after a little bit. The first couple stints, I think he was, just seemed a little bit out of sorts. Uh, so he played, I think he played, I mean, everyone played really well in general, I think, um, especially offensively. And I thought, you know, this, this is another game that AJ was really played really well in the sense that my feeling was, you know, we talk about how much, how many points he can score and things like that. And, and that he has not been looking for his point points as much, but this is a game where he was part of his job in this game was to score was, to, you know, break down that pick and roll and to get to the, basket and, and you know for layups and so he picked his spots I think really well I mean so I was impressed with his game he led the team in scoring at 23 but it wasn't like him you know hero balling it going out and getting a lot of points he was taking what the defense was giving him and forcing him to do and so I mean I think I'd start with him as far as giving you know, seven assists one turnover a steal two for three for three and then nine for 11 on the at the line yeah I I think that um I think that you're correct I think that uh um, AJ played another very, very good game. Um, that was, uh, it particularly not even just the free throws, but even before that in the second half, it felt like when the game would start to wobble just a little bit and you're right, Michigan state never really gave them breathing room. I mean, when they got close as close as three, that was the closest they got. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it would get knocked down to five or six, you know, get in that range where it was just teetering on. Well, if they get one more, you know, unproductive possession and Ohio state comes down and scores, this could actually be a game. Uh, AJ would seem to steady the ship mostly by going to the rim in the second half. He hit those two threes early, yep, which was nice to see. But after that, he played the kind of game that I think you want to see him play, you know, all the points, obviously, which was bolstered a little bit by the free throw shooting at the end, but um, still a really solid game for him offensively in that way. And then seven assists to one turnover. Um, He did the job and was part of it. And, and, and actually his impact wasn't even fully reflected in that, in that number. There were possessions. There was one 
uh, one of Malik Call's threes, I believe, and it was in the first half where AJ was penetrating and made an unbelievable pass in the corner to Joey Hauser, who then swung it to Malik for the three. It was the best pass I saw him make all day, and he didn't get credited with an assist, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, and it was a great pass in the sense that if you remember us talking about um, there was that sequence in the previous game, the Nebraska yes. game, the where MSU pass just from kept Joey. moving the ball. Yeah. Right. It, it was a play, a decision that had that kind of impact. And so because of where the ball went and how quickly it got there, it put Ohio State under immense stress right away. And he was able to swing it to Malik, who was wide open. So, yeah, very, very happy with the way A.J. played offensively. Um, you know, just good stuff. And look, this team, what is it now? Four straight over 80 and five straight over 70, I think. Yeah. If you go back to the game in Ann Arbor, um, they have clearly figured some things out to an extent offensively. Now, I don't want to go crazy because we got to look at the opposition in those games. Two of those five games were against two God-awful defensive teams. Sure. In, uh, in Iowa and today, Ohio state, mm -hmm. uh, Nebraska is solid, but not spectacular. Michigan has maybe started to edge up to almost respectable, but they're not very good either. And then, uh, I guess Indiana was the other one, which is legitimately good defensive team. Yeah. So I, you have to consider that when you think about, um, MSU making this run offensively, but I will also say they played bad defensive teams at other points this season and weren't doing this right now, Michigan state's ball movement, their energy, um, and obviously their shot making, but that is in part a function of the first two things, uh, is right where you want to see it. It's th this team, by the way, is now uh, over 40% from three as a group <laughs> on the year. <laughs> so we, we have now gotten to the point that I think, and I got to, I got to look at the number to remember exactly where the 2016 team finished. Um, but this team is right there with that group. And I always believed they would be a good shooting team, but I didn't think we'd quite get to that level. I mean, you've got four guys, four of their top six guys are shooting in excess of 40% from three on the year. That's, that's unreal. I mean, that is just tremendous shooting and you see it really impact games now because defenses can't key on one or two guys. Yeah, right. Exactly. There are times where they got to key on everybody. And if Michigan state has a small ball lineup out there, and then you add in Hogard, who I believe is now just above 30% on the year, I think, or he's right there. Um, you really kind of have to worry about all five and that's, um, that's a pretty rare thing. So it's, it's good news for Michigan state. I'd say it's also good news. They managed to get 20 of them up today. So it's another game with reasonably good volume, you know, yeah. where they, where they're going to get into trouble is where it's 13, 14 attempts. That's not enough for this team, but lately for the most part, they're getting the attempt numbers up as well along with the percentages. So that, that's really good. And, and a lot, again, a lot of that, I, I attribute to AJ playing better basketball to me. It all starts with him. Yep. 
I think you're right. And he's actually up to 31% now. So he's, uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. That's which, not bad. Which considering he was at like 25, 26%, not long ago, that means he's really been hot the last couple They games. pointed out something. They pointed out something on the broadcast, which I was not aware of at home, which isn't going to help him from here on out, <laughs> but at home, I think they said he was 38%. Yeah. I believe that from three at Breslin. Yeah, it does. When they mentioned, I hadn't thought about it much, but when they mentioned it, just kind of going back over the season, I'm like, yeah, you know, most of the times he's sticking shots. It's anecdotally, it felt like those came at home, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's just been a great performance. And, and lately, I mean, the last, the last three games, especially they're at 50% plus in all three of them. Yeah. That's a, they are on a crazy shooting streak and two of those came on the road. So you can't even attribute that to, well, they were comfortable, (laughs) you know, Iowa and Nebraska were road games. So, um, pretty good stuff from a team that's got to, as we've talked about all year long has to produce in that area. If they're going to be at their best, they certainly don't feel like streaky threes, you know, that they're making like contested threes. I mean, these are ones that are because of the ball move, like you mentioned, they're ones that you just, you expect them to knock them down now pretty much. Especially like Joey. Yeah. I mean, you know, who was pretty he's good. He's gotten to the point that it's, you know, if he's open like that, it feels like a layup. Yeah. It, you're shocked if he misses. I mean, he just, right? yeah. yeah, he's just, he is so dialed in right now. And that that's not to take away from other guys. I mean, everybody's dialed in to one extent or another, but especially with him, if, if a defense can't recover to him, and he's wide open, which it's amazing that he's still getting those looks at times, <laughs> but he is. Uh, but again, that's not, even, that, trust me, that's not a function of defenses not putting him high on the scouting report. They all know. It's just sometimes if the, if the offense is good enough, it's not going to matter. He's going to eventually get, or someone will get a wide open look because of the quality of offense that they're running. Yeah, there's that you know, trailing and, three he had in that one where yeah. no one picked him up. And and there, you know, it's, yep. it may be a little bit of function, too, of people who are not familiar, who don't play as many minutes. Because I feel like, you know, there's substitutions or whatever, and that's just, you know, the way it is. But Well, one of those, one of those I, I recall was on Sensabaugh. And, you know, he plays a lot of minutes, obviously, but you're talking about a freshman. And you're also talking about a freshman who doesn't defend very well. Yeah. So those kind of mistakes are going to happen in that situation, you know? Yep. So Joey had a quiet six for seven day, three for three from the, from the three, one for two from the line, six rebounds, two assists and a turnover for 16 points. Uh, then also you have Tyson Walker, the other senior, one of the other seniors, seven for 15 for the floor. He struggled from threes, only one for four for him, three rebounds, yeah. six assists, no turnovers, 15 points. Uh, he was, again, there's a little stretch there are definitely little stretches in the game where he just is like unstoppable. And yep. those, you know, he did, I mean, he did it again. And defensively, it, it was interesting. I feel like the defensively, his approach in the second half was, was something Michigan State doesn't do very often. They were pressuring all the way from, I'm almost full court press and just, or at least, you know, um, harassing the ball handler all the way up the court for a while. I'd, does it slow down, slow him down? Or, I mean, he got it one steal. He got right? into, he got into Thornton and, and frankly, that's not a bad idea against Ohio State because, you know, again, this is a young or 
even if they're not young, when you're talking about those, those grad transfers, this is still a group that doesn't have a lot of collective basketball, but, but in Thornton's case under their belts, but in Thornton's case, you're talking about a true freshman. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, Tyson did Tyson did some nice things defensively individually. I, I, w- I would agree with you. And I think that's something, you know, he's capable obviously of doing that. He's one of those players that can get very, very aggressive and not be gambling. You know, mm-hmm. he has the defensive intelligence and the physical tools, the quickness, and the, to some extent, the strength too, uh, to be able to do that and not necessarily pay a price for it. Whereas a lot of guys can't get away with that. Uh, next, <clears throat> we'll talk about Malik Hall. You know, he had he was four for eight, two for three, four from the uh, three point line, one for uh, he had three rebounds, an offensive board, uh, and a block for ten points. And I thought played a pretty good game. Yeah, again, I mean, offensively, um, you know, Malik has. I, I thought when he first came back, the the jumper seemed to be lagging a little bit, and that has definitely recovered in recent games to yep. the point that he's going to finish the regular season above 40% from three, uh, which is you know definitely the mark of a capable shooter. And, you know, what you like is it's the same thing with all these guys. You talked about, they're not, they're not taking contested shots with Malik. It's really just waiting, picking his spots, waiting for those opportunities where the ball finds him as opposed to somebody else for open looks and he's hitting them. Um, but yeah, so apparently, as I said, he was, he was suffering from some back spasms during the game today. I I would assume that's not anything of grave concern. Um, but there were some moments where there was one where he was called for a foul on Sensabaugh on the baseline where, you know, it was a foul, but Sensabaugh was very physical in the play too. And he kind of came up from that one. I don't know if that was where it happened. Uh, but that's where I started noticing that he was kind of favoring something a little bit, but then he continued to play. Uh, but it was, it was great that again, all these guys that were veterans and we, we may or may not see it. We don't know yet whether this was their last game. I, I will say, I will say this, uh, and this means next to nothing. So please take it as such. <laughs> um, but I don't know how you felt, but watching the, the guys coming out of the game in both Malik and Tyson's cases, it didn't look like the typical farewells to me. Um, so, you know, yeah, for the nothing that that's worth, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah, so, solid, solid offensive game from him. Jane Akins continues to hit double digits offensively. He is four, seven from the field, three for four from three. Uh, again, just really shooting well, three rebounds finished with 13 points. Uh, and defensively it did, did pretty well too. I think it. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, <laughs> he's another one of these guys that when he takes a shot, you expect to see it and see him hit it. Uh, I thought he did. Some really nice things early. What I liked was, you know, he hit a three and then the next possession, or I think it was the next possession or maybe shortly thereafter, um, they got the ball to him kind of in quasi transition. And instead of settling for the jumper, he pump faked and took the ball closer to the rim, 
hit it and got fouled. Very athletic play, very aggressive play offensively. That's the mix that you want to see out of Jade Makins. And and I think once, but I, I will I will say this: the the one criticism I would have of him tonight uh, today, and it was not the first time we've seen it this season. Uh, there was a possession late where MSU was trying to, you know, run clock. Oh yeah. Right. When they've got the ball mm-hmm. and very early in the shot clock, he took a very ill-advised, uh, turnaround jumper, turn turnaround, long two point jumper. I mean, it was bad in every sense you could evaluate it and he missed. That's the last piece of the puzzle. I talk about this on the Spartan mag board. Um, earlier this week. And, and I think that play was an example of what I'm talking about. It's not the only one, but it's a perfectly good one to illustrate the point. Jaden Akins, especially in say the last three weeks has clearly demonstrated why Tom Izzo and his staff were so high on him coming into this season before the foot injuries kind of derailed his progress a little bit, but this is what we've been seeing is why they were convinced that he might be their best player. You know, we've, we've seen plenty of evidence of it, both ends of the court. You mentioned that he chips in with wing rebounding as well. I mean, he is a guy who is capable of contributing in every single area of the game, you know, and there's not a lot of guys who can do that. I think the last remaining step for him to become great is judgment. It's a play like the shot I was just talking about, or it's times where he decides to penetrate, but he's not properly evaluating things in the sense of one, whether a lane is really available for him or two, giving himself by virtue of how he's doing it, the opportunity to maybe dish to a teammate to keep his dribble alive and pull it back out, which is something you see. That's something you see AJ Hogarth do much, much more now. Yep. You'll see it where he'll look to penetrate. It's not there, but he's kept his dribble alive. So he's able to back it out, start over again. Those are the kinds of the, it's judgment stuff. And that only, you know, you can't, if you don't have that intuitively, some guys do, you know, magic Johnson didn't need a lot of time at the college <laughs> level to figure that stuff out. But most guys, it's going to come via experience. And, you know, Jaden is getting that right now. And I think that it's, it's fair to assume that, you know, we assume he'll be back next year and assuming he is back. I think that's the breakthrough. That's the last step that needs to come. I think it probably does come. And if it comes, then you're talking about somebody who's good enough that he could be in the mix for big 10 player of the year. I mean, that might sound crazy for a guy who I don't think is quite averaging double digits just yet. He's right on the cusp of it, but I think if you've watched him the last three weeks, you understand what I'm talking about. Oh, sure. I mean, the talent, the talent level and the ceiling is just immense. And I feel like in some respects, you, you almost watch Malik and you're like, this guy's like about two weeks behind or three weeks behind Aikens and sort of recovering from that foot injury. You know, that, you know, he's going to be yep. more than he is in a couple, you know, how long you extend the season is really going to be the key. I think for those two players. Yeah. I think you're right. Mati Sissoko will be the last one probably talk about. He did not start this game because it was senior day. They started Jason uh, Whitens instead, but Mati had 22 minutes. He's uh, one for two from the field. Uh, 
split his free throws two for four, seven offense or seven rebounds, three of them offensive, had a block, finished with four points. I thought he played a really good game. And I think you really see, you know, so much, you just definitely see a huge difference between him and Kohler. I mean, I like Kohler as a player a lot, but the difference in the screening, especially in the pick and roll with AJ is totally different. I mean, it's so much better with, with Sissoko, I think out there. It is, although I think it's improving with Jackson. Yeah, I think he's I improving there as well. But I, I would agree with you right now. Mati is the best screener they've got. Um, and it does impact the offense that they're able to run. I will say this, and I, I tweeted this during the game. <laughs> One thing I did not understand from Michigan State today. And look, I, I'm sure he's got his reasons. He knows far better than I do. But just watching the game, I struggled with. And we talked about this some in our preview, you know, Ohio state with key out of the lineup is really caught in a tough spot. When, when you're talking about size, um, if, if you look at this, at this team right now, they have Okpara who starts, who's obviously a legit big man, but after that, they don't have any size. So they had Eugene Brown playing the five. They had Roddy Gale playing some five. I mean, we're talking about wings yeah. who were playing the five. And I didn't understand why Michigan State didn't match it very much. I thought it contributed some, not the entirety of it, but I thought it contributed some to the defensive problems they had because you were really putting mostly Mahdi because he played more, but also Jackson and even Carson Cooper, the three minute stint he played was not against Okpara. It was against, I think it was against Eugene Brown. Yeah. You're putting those guys in a very difficult position defensively to have to guard guards, you know, and, and Michigan state, I, what I think it was, um, I think Michigan state's rotations in this one, were weird. And in part it's because of the, it, it might seem a small thing, but the way they started the game with both hall and Hauser out there together, yeah, I think may have impacted it some in terms of how the rotations went. And so they struggled to get back to it. They eventually did go small, but I, I was, I was bothered by that. I, ha- I have to tell you, I didn't quite understand it. And I felt badly for all of those fives uh, on the MSU roster because I thought for a lot of that game, they were being put in a very difficult position and that had something to do with why they struggled. Yeah. And I think there were a number of times and maybe you could see it on TV. I'm not sure, but there are a number of times that Mahdi was, you know, had a wide open, you know, to the lane down to the the basket off the pick and roll screen. But I, I just don't think AJ trusts him and, you know, maybe for good reason, maybe, you know, Uh, and then there wasn't that the, the, uh, you know, the opening for Kohler when he was out there. And the doubles come quick and Kohler now too. And so he's still a little bit slow recognizing it's coming to, to, you know, feel it and get rid of it or make a quick move. I was also disappointed by the fact that particularly with Jackson was in there and he had some minutes against Oak Park, but he also had some minutes against their small ball lineup. I was disappointed. Michigan state wasn't able to make anything of that offensively too. Yeah. I just didn't think, I didn't think in any way you can talk about it. I didn't think they did their fives any favors today. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing of note that we didn't really talk about prior to the game is fast break points. Michigan State got a lot done. Oh, in the break. yeah. 23 to 9. And at some point, it was like yep. 17 to 2, but they got a lot of work yep. done uh, in the break. Yep. And, and so that was, you know, that was very impressive. No question. Um, 
it was funny on the broadcast. Uh, the um, it's it's always amusing to me to see guys betray how little they've actually seen or or been aware of Michigan <laughs> State because the play by play guy was talking about how yeah, I mean, Michigan State even seems to be running off makes for Ohio State, and Robbie Hummel was doing the color, and uh, he said, yeah, that's that's vintage Michigan State. He said every time I ever played them. <laughs> that we knew coming in. He said they, and he, and he nailed it, of course, because he's smart and he pays attention. He said, you know, they haven't been doing that with this team very much, but against Ohio state, they were, it was interesting. We had it on our keys for the game in Columbus and then it didn't really happen so much. And it hasn't happened with much frequency at all this year at any time. And so I took it off the keys, but boy, it was one today. Yeah, it absolutely was. Michigan State ran with a real purpose. And look, we talk about this every year, although usually we've got more reason than this team has given us to think it will actually happen. But when you get into these NCAA tournament games and you're facing teams, unlike the Big Ten, that don't scout you, don't see you every year, you know, we're oftentimes expecting that Michigan state will be able to play much more freely, much more 94 foot game in the tournament than they do during the regular season, just because teams are caught by surprise. They're not used to seeing it. Uh, if this team can add that, if they can run like this in the, or anything close to this, in the NCAA tournament, that's a big, big, big additional tool in the kit because it is not something they've done with any consistency at all. And you could make a pretty good argument. I don't know if this was the most fast break points or we talk all the time about how dubious a stat <laughs> that is anyway, the way it's, however, it's evaluated on a game to game basis, but this is one where I felt it matched my perception. Yep. Like 23 points sounds about right. They ran a lot and with great, great efficiency. So if they can get anywhere close to that going forward, that's a huge element offensively that this team just has not had. One of the reasons we talk about three-point shooting being so important for MSU is that they don't get consistent scoring really a lot of other ways. This is not a team with legit post-up threats or consistent ones. They haven't been a transition team. So where else are they going to score? Well, a lot of it's got to come from three. Mm -hmm. You know, But if you're adding transition into the mix – okay, now we've got some different things that allow you to score in a wider variety of ways. And that's also important because it could potentially help you withstand an off shooting day. Sure. You know, you hate, I mean, right now this MSUT, you, know, you love the way they're shooting, but you don't want to have to hang your hat on it entirely. You know, I talked about at the outset that this team might actually be starting to threaten the overall numbers that the 2016 team had as a, as a three-point shooting team. But there was a big difference between that team and this team in every other way. That team was also very good in transition. That team didn't have a dominant low post player, but Matt Costello was more reliable than anybody on this year's MSU roster. Uh, they had, a, and, and so was Deontay Davis for that matter. So they actually had a low post game too. That team had a variety of ways to attack you. This team to date hasn't shown that, but if the transition game is going to be there, 
well, okay, now we're starting to get into interesting territory. Absolutely. Especially when you think about, you've got Joey, who's a trailing three person, and now you have wings that are shooting like, you know, Hall and Aikens. Yikes. I mean, there's a lot of of damage from everywhere. Uh, Yeah. So why don't we uh, break for our keys to the game uh, briefly? Uh, Before then, I just want to remind you, if you're sponsored, one way to support the show is to support our sponsors, our great sponsors, like Brothers That Just Do Gutters out of the west side of the state in the Grand Rapids area. If you have gutter problems like I did, make sure you have these guys come check it out. Kurt Stauffer and his team are very professional. They get things done quickly, efficiently. They are fully insured. You get 10% off your order if you say Final Four to Kurt. You can email him at kurt.stauffer at brothersgutters.com. You can find that on the show notes just beneath uh, the podcast player there um, for the episode. Uh, they can get cleaning for gutters if you've got leaves problems or if you're like me and had actually actually had a tree growing in your gutter. You can also get new insulation. They can repair gutters, add leaf guards, whatever you need. They'll do it all. And so absolutely check out. Kurt and his team, they're in the Grand Rapids area, all the way out to Lakeshore, Holland, uh, down to Saugatuck, up until Rockford, and out as far east as Lowell. Uh, they'll hook you up and take good care of you. Uh, also, our friends at Nudge Printing, Gabe and Brittany are MSU alums. They've been instrumental in getting the Spartan Strong shirts put out. They've, I think, done over 15000 last I talked to him. Uh, so they're you know helping raise money for the shooting victims uh, and the other students who need help and services. Uh, through the Spartan Strong Foundation, or fund, I think it's called. Uh, so you can get your Spartan Strong shirts there. Uh, you can also get any other sort of Spartan gear, including our gear for our show. If you want to find out that, you can just go to the final course on the schedule.com slash merchandise. And there you can find our shirts and hoodies, like the hoodie that I wore today, which is very light and comfortable. And, you know, hey, maybe you'll be a free throw champion if you wear our hoodie. <laughs> so uh, you can get other sh- uh, other shirts and stuff through them, not just Michigan State stuff. So if you've got a house divided, you've got someone who went to Central or maybe Western, you can get stuff there or even some other schools around the country too. So you can check out their stuff, their whole collection at nudgeprinting.com. 20% off your order at checkout if you enter in the code FINAL4. Uh, so let's go through the keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing in just a moment. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. 
I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So the first key of the game are the threes. Michigan State shot 60% from three, 12 of 20. So it was, as you always talk about, it's not just the percentage, but it's also the volume. And they got both of those today. And so, I mean, check, check, right? And, uh, you know, I would say the one thing, though, Ohio State got some stuff done at the three, which is probably a little more than we expected. They took 25 and hit 11. So they kept pace. I mean, it took them a few more shots, but they got a lot done in the three as well. Yeah, I mean, only only a one-shot difference in terms of makes. Ohio State not quite as efficient, but um, you, you can't you can't complain offensively about what Michigan State did. I mean, it, it was a repeat of what we've been seeing in all these games. Like you start with A.J. Hogard getting himself into positions where good ball movement after what he does is going to result in an open shot. That's just the bottom line. And they're running good stuff too. Um, good screening game, as you mentioned with Madi. Um, it's it's just, it's all clicking right now. And, you know, obviously you can have a game where you're getting high caliber shots and they just don't fall. That happens. Um, but right now, even if the percentages were not what they were, I would be happy with what Michigan state is getting from there because they're getting great looks. And that's at the end of the day, that's the thing I think you, you need to see to evaluate whether an offense is being effective or not is the quality of the shot. And they are getting a very high quality look these days. Um, defensively, you know, I mentioned that I had a problem with how often Michigan state didn't look to counter Ohio State small ball lineups. And I think that was not the only problem, but it was part of the problem in terms of limiting Ohio State from three themselves. Because here's the thing, Ohio State was getting good looks. They weren't hitting like highly. I, I shouldn't say that there were there were some contested shots, but the vast majority of them were, in my opinion, pretty high quality looks. Yeah, I agree for Ohio State. And so that's a problem. And for as much as we can be happy about how the offense seems to have hit another gear recently, we also need to recognize that Michigan state is not playing the same caliber of defense. They had been, uh, and today was another example that I didn't think they handled pick and roll very well. And I put a lot of it on the guards. Um, I thought the, I thought the fives were okay when they were in the game, they did their job in hedging. But uh, I didn't like the way the guards played very much. So that's that's a concern. Now, Izzo seems to be, from what I've gathered, of the opinion that this is something they believe they can get corrected. Like, I think he would rather have this dynamic the way it is right now than what it was for a lot of the season where the defense was there consistently, but offensively they were just really struggling to ever get into a rhythm. They'd go through those long droughts in every game where they couldn't get anything done. Uh, I think he'd rather with this team be facing what he's got currently. Cause I think he believes that they're not that far away defensively. They'll get it figured out. 
but they're going to have to get it figured out. Yep. Because this, this to me is not what they've been doing defensively of late is not winning basketball. Yep. I agree. Not, not for, not for where they're going. Yeah. Well, when you're in one and done situation, you've got to be able to have that. Yeah. Be able to rely on that yep. to get stops. Cause you can't always outscore everyone, you know, that's right. It puts that's a lot right. of pressure on your shooting. Day where yeah, absolutely. If you're, you know, if, if your whole thing is, uh, if we shoot well, we can beat anybody that that's not, that's not Michigan state basketball. Michigan state basketball is if we're hot from three, we can beat you. If we're not hot from three, we'll score in transition or we'll score in post-ups or we'll just lock you up defensively or we'll get second chances. Well, a lot of these things that we're used to being able to count on as other answers when the shots aren't falling, haven't been present very often for this team. So that's the concern. They're, they're not going to develop a great low post game between now and the end of the year, you know, (laughs) um, today, notwithstanding, I'm still not convinced this is going to be a team that you count on doing a ton of damage in transition. I will happily be proven wrong, but I'm not counting on that. But the one other card they should have to play is, Hey, if, if shots aren't falling for us, we're good enough defensively that we could shut your water off too. And then it becomes a grind out game, you know, but at least we're in it. That should be within their capability, but we need to actually see it. Yep. So the second key to the game is defensive glass. And so Michigan state has been the on again, off again, Ohio state punished them in the offensive glass, which didn't really matter in Columbus here. They had seven offensive rebounds for a 23% offensive rebound rate, which is good. Uh, and Michigan State actually had 25% of their re- uh, missed shots they rebounded. So, and overall, they out-rebounded Ohio State 29 to, oh, actually, it was a tie. I guess 29 to 29. Yeah, it, it felt a lot worse <laughs> than that. When I saw that number, I was actually surprised it was that low, only seven. But I think I know why it felt worse. They were the end. Of the if game. you look at the second, well, that, that a number of them came at the end and you started having flashbacks to some unpleasant <laughs> memories of recent vintage. Yep. But the other thing is second chance points went 11 2 in Ohio State's favor. Yeah. So Ohio State really cashed in on the limited number of offensive rebounds they had. To, have a, to score 11 points on seven offensive boards, that's a really good clip. And so that was damaging. I, you know, I was prepared to say, boy, it's more of this on again, off again stuff. I don't think you can fairly evaluate Michigan state's performance today there as a bad one, but it just didn't feel good to me either. And, and again, when Ohio state spent a lot of that game, small balling, it it makes it even a little worse. You know, that shouldn't, some of those lineups they had out there, that, that stuff shouldn't happen. Well, those guys are getting offensive rebounds, especially if you say, well, Michigan state's actually playing legitimate fives. If they're not going to play an optimal lineup to switch one through five on defense, and they damn well better get something out of it on the glass. Sure. Yeah. And it just felt like at, at big moments they didn't. Um, but I can't, again, I can't grade it a failure when you look at the bottom line numbers. Well, and you know, it's always extra painful late in the game when you give up a, an offensive rebound off a free throw. I mean, that just seems. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. Another you know. one of those that's getting old fast. Yep. And, and again, I don't know how many games in a row though, is this that they've had a lane violation on free throw. I mean, I, 
Yeah, like that was couple. one that cost them. Yeah, you know, and I believe me at the time it happened, Michigan State had a might have even a double digit lead or close to it. Yep. But I remember flashing on the thought, boy, if this thing tightens up, you just gifted them a point, mm -hmm. you know, and you never know how much that's going to matter. So the third key to the game was points in the paint and points in the paint were 24 for Ohio State, 24 for Michigan State. So I push. Yeah, and maybe disappointing that Ohio State was able to get that much because let's remember their their best low post player doesn't play, Zed Key. And then we talked about Ohio State not being a team that tends to get a lot done in terms of penetration either. So that's a higher number than you would have wanted to see from them. On the flip side, though, I thought Michigan State did a reasonably good job of mostly via getting the ball to the rim off the dribble um, as opposed to post-ups. Uh, that was encouraging to see, but not definitely not a decisive edge for MSU. And, you know, I had a feeling that in this game, they might have an opportunity to do that. And they just weren't, I, I mentioned how disappointed I was when Kohler was out there, the one guy above their fives that you feel all right with getting post touches on offense. And they just didn't take advantage. They did a really good job, they being Ohio State, of swarming him as soon as he got a touch inside, though. They did. So that forcing him they to did, but get rid of it. They did, but there were also, you know, another problem Michigan State had, and you may or may, or may not have been able to see it at the game, but, you know, there were maybe three occasions that an MSU big man had the ball right around the rim and got stripped. Yeah. And in all of those occasions, Part of the problem was they, they'd either catch the pass or get an offensive rebound and then bring it down. And that's a cardinal sin for a big man. If you get the ball high, keep it high. Right. When you bring it down to your waist, you give small players, anybody, but especially smaller players, an opportunity to strip you. And that's exactly what happened. And it happened more than once. The fourth key to the game was AJ, and we talked about him plenty. He was he yeah. was really good. So he's, I mean, I almost think at this point you can say whatever it was is going on before. Not only has he gotten over that, but he's elevated his game and his is. Um, I think just to your point earlier that he is he is dictating the pace of the game a little bit like you know we are used to seeing Michigan State point guards do, and yeah, uh, you know that's very encouraging to see. Obviously, because we still have some basketball to play. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, the the offensive improvement is right where you'd want to see it. Now, defensively, he's one of these guys, and there were several of them. It's not any one guy, but he's in that group. Needs to find a way to get his level back up because I don't think he's as sharp. Once again today, you know, they were they didn't handle pick and roll very well, which led to some three point opportunities, I, I believe. But there were also multiple occasions where Michigan state perimeter defenders just gave up an angle. Very disappointing. And I'm not sure why those mistakes are happening at this stage of the season. They really shouldn't be, but um, he was one of those guys. He had a moment or two where that happened. He wasn't alone in it, but you know, that's, that's the thing you want to see is AJ do all the things he's doing offensively right now, but also get back to being a consistent possession to possession defender. And finally, the fifth key to the game was senior day. Michigan state has now won 11 straight senior day games. Yeah. 
Uh, and then interesting, you know, well, maybe not that interesting, but Tyson Walker, the crowd was chanting one more year after, <laughs> after he did his little talk and in, in the celebration and then Izzo actually encouraged him to say it, to give the chant one more time. So it was kind of funny that, that he did that after the game too. I saw the clip. Yeah. He said that, uh, the line specifically was something like, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, he made it a point to not talk to those guys about it before, you know, before now, and cause he doesn't want to put any additional pressure on them, but he said, well, but they're still in my house for this game. So hell with it. <laughs> yeah. And he got the crowd to pick up the one more year champ for both of them. They seem to enjoy it from what I could tell. Yep. There's, and there's no surefire way to get Izzo to talk a long time than for him to begin by saying, I'm going to keep this short. And he, he talked yeah. for quite a while. That was just... a great, I'll tell you what though, I saw a clip of it and they're always, these things are always good every year, but I, I really liked, I really liked his, uh, his performance today. I think the way that he, he addressed, you know, all the things that have hit the campus, the MSU community, et cetera. I think it was the right kind of note without being maudlin. Yep. Um, you know, I think he, and he, he's really, he's really good in these, in these situations. And we're just, you know, you just better understand. You're never going to have somebody like this. You know, you can have a good basketball coach again. I sure as hell hope that happens, but you know, just watch. I mean, I could name names, you know, watch, watch how a Nate Oates has been. I think that's a good example. That's a great lately. example. And yeah. it's just, yeah, you're, you're not going to get this again, people. So enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, I think it's very fair criticism for Izzo to say he's not like a wordsmith. He doesn't always exactly say the sure. right things. He, you know, uh, but he seems to capture the tone that needs to be, that needs to be captured Absolutely. that time. And, you know, maybe he doesn't say it the most eloquently, but you see someone like Nate Oates. I mean, that guy's like tone deaf and with this whole situation, Brandon Miller. And, and I think that's a good, a good contrast of a guy, you know, I mean, these guys are just kind of jocks too, in some of them, right? So they don't necessarily have all these skills. And so it's nice that he does have that. He's, and, and I think the, the biggest thing I would say is that Tom Izzo is so of the fabric at Michigan State that there's never a doubt in my mind that he's accurately reflecting what it means to be a part of this community, you know, of Michigan state. And this is another thing, you know, another thing, another reason why I say, enjoy it. Cause you're not going to see this again. He's at, I don't know what it is now. 36 years, 37 years, Probably. something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. When you add in his time as an assistant to his head coaching run, that alone, I, I'm not going to see it again in my lifetime. I know that I'm not going to live long enough. Most likely I'd, I'd love to be wrong about that, but I don't think so. Um, and I suspect even if you lived for another century, you're not going to see that again. That's just not the nature of the sport anymore for guys to have that long a run. Right. Yeah. And, and part of the reason he's able to accurately to get the tone, right. To capture the mood of, of Michigan state. So well, is he's been here forever, you know, most of these guys they're you know, they're at a place if they're lucky and if you're lucky, they're at your school, you know, a decade. Right. 
that's a long run in the modern game, a decade, you know, that doesn't happen very often. So those kind of scenarios, how can you, you know, Izzo had basically been at Michigan state around a decade before he ever coached a game as a head coach. So he knew the place intimately before he ever started as the head coach. So you think about that, right? Um, like we keep saying, you know, enjoy this while it lasts. Cause you're, you're not going to have senior days like this. Uh, you know, it, it'll be different. Yep. It'll be, I mean, it can't still be good, but it's going to be different. It'll be different. Yeah. I mean, if you think about how many football coaches Michigan state's had since he's been oh. even head coach, I mean, I don't know. Well, I, uh, five one, or so two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just head Saban, coach. Williams, yeah. John L. Smith, D'Antonio, Mel Tucker, five. Yep. And that's pretty typical. And that's, and that, you know, what, he's, and, and those are some guys with, you know, I mean, Mark D'Antonio had, had a long run. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But then, but that's an, that's an example of what I'm talking about. So Mark D'Antonio has a long run and it was, what was it? 12 years. That sounds about right. I'm not sure. Yeah, but probably. But I want to say, I want to say like, Oh, seven to, to 19. Sure. Something like that. that. Um, and he had been an assistant here before too. So he was another guy who understood the culture. And I think in a, in a little different way than Izzo, but I think Mark D'Antonio also got Michigan state in a way that not everybody who's been in those jobs has, but Tom Izzo is way beyond that because he's been at Michigan state way longer than even Mark D'Antonio. So it's hard to get those, these situations. It almost never happens. Right. Yeah. It's a unique thing. Right. And that's, and it's, I'm sure it's like, you know, Bayheim at Syracuse or coach K yeah. at Duke. It's just these guys who've been there for so, so long. You don't even remember what it was like before because <laughs> people have right. grown a grad, gone to school, graduated, they gone to, you know, gone into their professional careers and he's been the same coach the whole time. And that since they, you know, they're formative. Well, like, I, I, like I don't years. remember Syracuse without Bayheim. I do remember them before K I remember Bill Foster's team that went to the final four um, in, uh, what was it? 78, I guess. Um, but not well, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, and I, I'm paying attention for a long time. So yeah, these guys are fading out and you're just, you're not, when you look at all the different elements here, the money, the stress and the jobs, the, the, um, the changes to the college game that maybe make it less attractive to guys mm -hmm. to stay in it forever. You know, a lot of these different things, it just seems very, very unlikely. Yeah. Well, on the key, of course, the number one reason is that you just have to maintain that level of consistency and success because if you're not successful, eventually you're going to find your way. You're going to find the exit. That door. too. That too. Yeah. I mean, look at a guy like John Calipari. Now he's managed to turn it around, but um, you know, that's a guy who's done a lot of winning and it is very much a, what have you done for me lately world? We see it on the, Ken, the so, Spartan mag board all the time, right? You know, this yep, guy's absolutely. washed up, should have yep. done this, that, or the Izzo, other thing. And is those washed. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I'll tell you what though. One part of me does welcome that stuff because I figure whether it's from <laughs> elements of our own fan base or fan base of the other big 10 school in the state, I welcome it because there are so many times in the past 25 years, I can go back to and remember when other idiots said the same thing and how that just kind of, uh, 
was just prior to a final four run, you know, or a big 10 title. So I usually, it's comforting to me in a way to see that because I figure, well, that's as sure an indicator as anything that the next big success (laughs) is right around the corner. There's, there's definitely a shortage of crows on the bread cedar, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's been a lot of crows eaten by a lot of people, uh, doubters through the years. Uh, Michigan State was a six point favorite per Ken Palm. And guess what? It's exactly six points. So analytics win there today Michigan State with their knows victory. what he's doing yeah well yeah it must be uh in Michigan State with the victory I believe is guaranteed anywhere between a three and a six seed in the Big Ten tournament now because of all the yeah you know, they don't have a they can't have a tie so it just depends on what how things shake out t- tomorrow and my guess I haven't seen the percentages my guess is they're probably about a 40 percent chance of getting a double buy going into um, um I saw a number this morning before that, the game, I think had it a little lower. Well, right. but that was be- but that was before the win. Right. Now they had the win. I think it's probably about thirty percent. Right. Yeah, you-, you might you might well be right. Um, I, look, <laughs> here's the thing, and I'm I'm not uh, first to this by any means, but uh, it's worth noting since we're talking about it. For all the complaining about oh the Minnesota game cost us, okay, would they be in a better position for the buy? which doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot to me, but whatever Um, you'd like to have it. If you can, if you can get it, I guess. Uh, Yeah. They would be in a better position if they played and assuming they beat Minnesota at home. Um, But they're still not in a bad spot because when I look at the games that have to fall their way, everybody Michigan state's rooting for to win is at home. In a couple of these instances, Rutgers hosting Northwestern, and um, Penn State hosting Maryland. You're talking about the home team really, really needing a win. Right. Yeah. Highly motivated. Those te- you know, Penn State is showing up, best as I can tell, more often than not, when you look at brackets that are out there by people who are at least somewhat reputable, they seem to at the moment be just on the right side of the bubble, but just. So, Penn State would be very well advised to get that win tomorrow. Rutgers is not quite there, but they're getting close. Yeah, they're to being that in or out. They really could use a win. And, you know, in both of those cases, even though they're home games, they're facing teams that have pretty good profiles themselves. You know, again, Rutgers um, uh, hosting Northwestern and uh, Penn State hosting Maryland. So to beat that caliber of team also helps your case. So those teams should have as much motivation as you'll ever find to perform well. And then you've got, I believe they need Indiana, they need Indiana to yep. beat Michigan. And that's, that seems and reeling after losing to Iowa at home by getting embarrassed. So you think they're going to, for senior day, they're going to be, upset. you would think you would think Indiana will be jacked. And, and I believe Indiana's got their own double by considerations Correct. In play, potentially, right? Both teams, actually. Whoever wins, I think it's a double buy. Right. Yeah. And and for Michigan, you know, I mean, Michigan is in desperate. They, they, they've got to have that win. If they don't get that win, they probably got, I, I don't know how they'd get a bid unless they got to the Big Ten final. Um, but, uh, but Indiana, again, supreme motivation, and they're at home, and you would expect a good performance from them. And then lastly, I guess the one that's shakiest would be Purdue hosting Illinois. And I only say that because 
you would look at it initially and say, well, Purdue's wrapped up the Big Ten regular season title. They don't have any Big Ten tournament seating to worry about. But Purdue is very much in the discussion for a one seed in the in the tournament that really matters. Correct. And so, again, you, if you're them, you don't want to take a home court loss. And it's senior day, to anybody. Too, right? I mean, and again. it's senior day, right. And they don't have a ton of seniors, but you know, still it, yeah, you would, you would expect that. uh, So all these games, you would think Michigan state's in pretty good shape. I actually, I saw something today and I didn't double check it with Vegas, but I believe Rutgers is actually a slight underdog against Northwestern at home, which you wouldn't have, maybe it was Penn state. You know what? It might be Penn state hosting Maryland. I may be wrong about that. That would actually make more sense. But um, still, you have to feel pretty good if you're a Michigan State fan. I saw Izzo's post game. He was talking about how he's he's going to spend his Sunday like the rest of us, just watching all these games and rooting for the home teams. <laughs> and um, but it, it it does shape up as a, an interesting Sunday. And this is the other thing I was thinking about too. And I, I haven't I haven't gone back over the schedules to see how much this actually, this impression actually tracks with reality. But I was struck by today, the fact that Michigan state isn't playing on the Sunday events, the regular season, because it just seems to me like frequently we've had that equation where they're playing on the Sunday to end the regular season. Yep. And then they're oftentimes playing on the Sunday because they've gotten to the big 10 tournament final. That doesn't happen every year, but it happens a lot. Um, not the case, at least with the regular season this year, it was the only big 10 game today. And then tomorrow there's just a slew of them, but they're almost all have, you know, some level of implication for the participants involved and some implications for Michigan state. Yeah. I think the, the most unlikely scenario is where they get a three seed. If I will lose at home to Nebraska and then all the other things that right. we talked about fall, but I mean, that, that's year. the one you just, you know, you look at it and that's the one that seems least likely by far, but yet the big 10, the way it's been this year, uh, wouldn't it be something if Iowa at home just can't throw the ball in the ocean and Tominaga gets red hot and Nebraska pulls it off. I mean, I'm not counting on it, but the way this season has gone, you, you can't rule it out. Yep. I totally agree. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. I'll try and get this out. I know it's been a little bit late. And so we're talking all about all this stuff and probably entirely possible by the time you listen to this, all this has transpired. <laughs> so a couple of programming notes. We are going to have uh, Dom Lees from Bracketometry.com. He's going to come back on the show Monday. And so we'll probably have that Monday. We'll do our Big Ten tournament uh, pregame. When, uh, whoever they face, we'll know that later, obviously in a couple of days. Uh, and this show is going to go on the road. So I will be in Chicago and watching the games. And so just so you know, I, the distance to the United Center to getting to a place to record is not going to be good. I'm not press, so I can't take my stuff with it. can't do it at the game. So there'll be some sort of delay uh, getting all the stuff out. But I will do my best because uh, you guys do so much to help us out. So I will do my best to get all this stuff going. Uh, any th final words about the game besides that? No, I mean, you know, overall, I think the bottom line is 
get a win, right? Yep. It's Al Davis. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's what they did. And so it, it, the other thing too, I guess I would, I would finish on is for all the complaining and whining and crying about this team. And I've, I've heard this said many, many times, far too many times, uh, enough to last me a lifetime. Uh, <laughs> five, Tom Izzo is a 500 program the last three years. Yeah, yeah. This team, for all intents and purposes, is a 12 and an eight basketball team. In a Big Ten, there was as balanced as I've ever seen it. Um, very easily could have been, and, and you might be able to make an argument should have been better than that. Not just in terms of games like the Iowa game. I can think about the Illinois game in Champaign, the Michigan game in Ann Arbor, all games that were right there, Northwestern at home, all games that were right there to win. But remember how many of those games they had to play without Malik Hall. Yeah. And yet here they are in a position where if they had played that game against Minnesota, wherever they would have fell in the big 10 for big 10 tournament purposes, in terms of the tiebreakers, they would have tied for second in the conference. Um, that's not a 500 season. <laughs> it's not this, this team has not been perfect. They have not been one of the great Michigan State teams by any means, but this is at this stage, and we are sitting here talking on what is it, Saturday the fourth mm-hmm. or the fifth? Fourth. Fourth, yeah. Um, this is a pretty good basketball team right now, in my opinion. And it's a team that I think, you know, we'll see what the matchups are when they get the draw. We'll see what they do with the Big Ten tournament and all that. But I, I'm with Izzo, man. I, I I don't see any reason to not have a level of, of optimism about what they can do. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. I, this is a team that you, you watching the shooting right now, you're watching the offense sort of hum and you think, Hmm, they keep, they get a little bit more transition because now everybody's healthy. They can run a little bit more than they could before. And then you tighten up the defense a tiny bit. This is a potentially a really dangerous team. I mean that you Absolutely. definitely see, you definitely see the makings and the, so the components for a team that can really make a run. The last couple of years, you're like, this is a team that could maybe make it into the tournament and maybe could do a little bit of damage. But this is a t- kind of team you're like, you can, it's not crazy to envision some serious uh, wins stringing it together here. They, they have one element that if it's on, if it's clicking, their, their ability from the perimeter that we've seen this many, many times over the years, not with Michigan State as much, but I mean with other teams, other programs. If you happen to just be rolling in terms of your shooting, that can make up for for some other sins. Now, I don't want it to have to get to that because that's a far less reliable equation. You know, if you give me that plus to the way they defended for most of the season and solid defensive rebounding, then I'll take my chances with anybody. You know, Um but they, they have that one strength that is an important strength, really important. All right. Well, uh, we'll get out of here. And, well, I'd say until next time, the Final Four is not on the schedule. But I guess this time, for me, it is on the schedule. 
And if you want to watch the video, I will post it. It'll be on our YouTube channel. If you're not yet subscribed to it, head on over to youtube.com slash at T-F-F-I-N-O-T-S, I believe. Uh, you can find it there. You can find videos of my uh, tremendous... And this time I didn't airball any, I'm pretty sure, although I was shooting real fast. So, <laughs> so I don't, I'm not going to be as embarrassed by the performance this time. Good stuff. Coach Garland actually said I looked okay out there, which I take that as a huge hey, compliment. Wow. <laughs> so okay so i mean i <laughs> you compare my first uh, round versus my third round it's definitely you could definitely see i was actually practicing so it so it's nice to actually see results even though you know uh well ultimately mm-hmm. i won so go good for me uh check out brothers uh that just do gutters if you need gutter work in west side of state go on to nudge printing uh, you can get some great spartan gear there as well and so until next time the final four is not on the schedule go green <laughs> At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.